I love that song, Away in a Manger. Don't you? I mean, it's one of my favorite songs. I think the kids did a great job, and, and uh, you did too, singing it. And, you know, one of the things about Away in a Manger, we don't really know who wrote it. Some people think uh, it was Martin Luther um, a long time, time ago who penned it. But, but uh, there's one part in that song that always gets me, and it's, and it's just one little phrase. It's called, it says, The Little Lord Jesus. And uh, I just love that phrase because um, uh, it just reminds me of, of how, you know, Jesus came to earth. He was, God stripped himself of, of, his, of who he was and to come here to, to be a man, to live a holy life, to really die on the cross for us, but also rise again and be our Lord and Savior. And I, I just, all, it always gets me that little phrase in that. Now, it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of weird just to think about, you know, we do a little, us a little disservice just to think about Jesus as this eight-pound, six-ounce baby, you know? You didn't get that movie reference. Anyway, um, but, um, but he's, he's a little bit more than that. You know, God's, God intended him to be the Lord of our life. In fact, the, the phrase I want us just to really focus on is, that, is this phrase, and if you're taking notes, you can take notes in your bulletin, is that Jesus is Lord, right? Amen. And, and he is Lord. He is, the, he is Lord, and that's why he came. In fact, 740 times in the New Testament calls Jesus Lord. 740 times. So it's very important for us to get that Jesus is Lord. And even throughout this Christmas time, you know, we, we focus on the manger. We focus and we celebrate the birth of Christ. But he was the little Lord Jesus in that, that manger just as much as he was when he died on the cross and he rose again. You know, Luke chapter 2 um, is probably one of the most quoted uh, verses, um, in, especially during this time. It's, it's, it's when the shepherds were in the field and the angels came and announced the birth of Jesus. And it says, The shepherds were watching their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared and says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And the news that they were waiting for for many, many years was, was here. And they, they realized and what the angels proclaimed that he is Christ the Lord. And at the very beginning of the story, it establishes the birth, but also establishes him as Lord of, of this world. You know, the big question to deal with today is for all of us. And then especially during this time of the year where we can be really busy and be and our focus be off on really what really the season's all about is that what does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of our life? What does it mean to you that Jesus is Lord in our everyday life? So in, how is Jesus Lord in your marriage? How is Jesus Lord in your dating relationships? And if you're if you're you know you know teenagers in here, how how is Jesus Lord in your finals these coming up weeks? You know how is Jesus Lord in your job? And how is Jesus Lord in your money and 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 your your family and everything that you do? How is Jesus the Lord of your life? So that word Lord is a Greek word, and it and it's the Greek word is karios, and it means this. That Jesus is supreme in authority, he's the controller, (laughs) and he is Lord. That's what that word Lord means, that he is supreme in authority, that he is the controller, that he is Lord. And I can already imagine some of you think, don't like that word controller a lot. 
Because, you know, Jesus has some competition in us, right? Because we like to be in control. How many of you guys like to be in control? Just raise your hand. Don't be afraid that, you know, knowledge your sin. Anyway, um, or acknowledge, just like Jared was, his wife's sin. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a control freak at all. I don't have no problem with control at all. As long as everything goes my way and everybody does what I say, I'm not in control. It's not true. I do have issues of control, you know, especially if someone else is driving. I, no one drives as good as I do, right? And, uh, and so I, I have a problem um, with other people driving. I won't say who, but I'll, I have a problem with people driving. And I, you know, also, if you come to my house, please don't pick up the remote control. <laughs> because you cannot change the channel fast enough for me, right? And so just leave it down and everything's going to be all... Okay, you know, I, I don't know about you, but the control is an issue, I, I'm sure, with all of us. And you may, maybe some of you, you know, like everything to go your way. Or maybe you're list makers, you know. Don't add or take away from my list. I have my list, and don't take away or add from it. Maybe you're like this at Christmas time. Maybe Christmas morning, you're somebody who, who really likes the, everything to go perfectly. You have this dream you've been dreaming about all year. Your kids are going to come downstairs and their hair is going to be brushed. They're going to be dressed nice. We're going to enter into the Christmas story together. We're going to take communion. Angels are going to sing. No one's going to fight and everything's going to be perfect. How many of you guys have those Christmases? Probably none of us really have that like that, right? We would want that, but we want control. And, and, uh, but Jesus is the supreme authority Jesus is the controller. He is Lord. So what does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your life in the midst of all this? And I want to be technical just for a little bit, and, and I don't want anybody to feel bad for using the phrase, but technically none of us make Jesus the Lord. God already did it a number of years ago. Jesus is Lord whether you like it or not. Amen? He may not be Lord of your life, but He is Lord. And he is a soon coming king. You know, he is Lord. But what we do is that we submit or we surrender to his lordship. That's the whole goal of we want everyone in this world to do is to surrender to the lordship of Christ. And so it means that if I make Jesus the Lord of my life, that I surrender to his lordship. He's the supreme in authority. I surrender to his control. I make him the Lord of my life that way by surrendering to the one who's really in control anyway, right? We surrender the Lord. So for the rest of the time, I want to talk about how do we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. And there's two levels of surrender I see in, in, in Christian circles right now. And one's not too good, and the other one's the where we need to go. And the first one is a partial surrendered life. I see that throughout America that... That, that we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we surrender to a little bit because we don't want to go to hell or we, we think it's a great idea, but we don't live like he wants us to live. And a lot of majority of Americans live this type of Christian life where it's partially surrendered. Where it's a, and I call them a casual or cultural Christian. They do it because it's good and it seems right and, and we do it, but we don't really give him the full lordship of our life. Listen, let me tell you something. Jesus is no part-time Savior, right? And we should be no part-time followers. And, I, and, and in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus is talking to 
uh, the builders, the wise and the foolish builders. And he asked the foolish builders this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and with your life, but you, you don't do what I say? Why do you give me lip service? Why are you talking the talk, but not walking the walk? Why are, you, why are you saying this thing, but you're not really being who I've asked you to be to, and to become? And so he's saying here, he says, this isn't a game. Why do, you wanna, why do you call me Lord and do whatever the heck you want? Unfortunately, today, I believe there's many people who, who would say, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, but I still want to be in control. I believe in Jesus as Lord, but I, I still want to do whatever I want to do. I, I believe He's Lord, but I just don't, I'm not going to trust Him with everything. And, uh, and I, I don't want to trust Him with my relationships. And I, I, I don't want to really trust Him with, with my money. I don't want to really trust Him with, with my, my whole life, with my kids, my family. I, there's some area that I'm not trusting the Lord. I'm not going to be under His authority. I'm not going to give Him complete control of this part of my life. And Jesus says, you know, that's not the way I've asked you to live. That's not how you come to me. You know, you come to me. Because listen, the, the cross didn't cost us anything. The cross cost Jesus everything. Would you, could you imagine that Jesus would go and say, you know what, Father, I, I, don't, I don't really want to do all of that. I'm only going to do part of it. And God's going to say, well, it doesn't work unless you do it all. Jesus gave everything. And our only response is what? To give everything back of our life. It is far better to, to allow Him control of every part of our life than for you and I to have control of any part of our life, right? Because you've already messed up that part, right? We've already do that. We, we mess it up more than anything. There's such a benefit of saying, God, I give you full control. I follow you with everything. And so what happens, though, we don't do that. We, we're partially committed. We're partially trusting in the Lord. And I mean, we'll look at the Bible and we'll see things like, you know, um, pray for those who uh, hurt you, and who persecute you. And you think, man, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time for that. I'm not going to do that. Forgive those who, who've hurt you. I, I can't do that. God, I, I don't know. I'm not going to do that part. And we look and we take Take the things out of the Bible that says, no, no, no. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to give God control of my finances? No, I'm not going to do that. There's no way I'm going to do it. I'm supposed to give? Why, that's foolish. I can't give. He wants, me, he wants my time? He wants my time? I only have 24 hours in a day. That's not enough for even me. You know. And so we, we look at the Scriptures and we take things out of it and we don't really want to do that. I'll, I'll give Him part of my life, but I'm not going to give Him all. But let me tell you something. God doesn't accept that. He wants all. See, when you and I come to Christ, it's no longer I that lives anymore, right? It's who? Christ that lives. Christ lives in me. But many of us, we rip up God's truth every day with the way we live or we don't live. And Jesus saying to these wise, build, this foolish builders, whoa, hold on here. Don't call me Lord and go just do whatever you want to do. Why do you call me Lord and don't say and don't do what I say for you to do? It's a partial surrender life. But here's the deal. and We have to understand that. Jesus wants it all. Jesus says this. If you want to follow me, Take up your cross and follow me. If you find, want to find your life, what, do you, what does he say to do? Lose it. You give it away. You surrender. You come under the lordship 
of Christ. He is the supreme authority. He's the controller. Jesus is Lord. And he's the one that says what's right and what's wrong. It's not because of my opinion, right? You know, truth in outside of Jesus is all opinionated. You know, you know that, right? And it changes from decade to decade. But the truth of God never changes. He says what's right and he says what's wrong. He says go here and go there and we follow him that way, right? Because he's the controller. He's the Lord all. And we come under his lordship. And it's not that I get to pick and choose what to follow or what to say or what to do. No, he's my Lord. I follow him. And he's serious about this. He says, no, how do you call me Lord and do not do what I say? So what I want, want you to do, I want you to ask the Lord, where am I in my life not following you? Where am I not um, submitting to your lordship? And I, I believe that all of us, now I, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I know a lot of us here today, we didn't come to Christ just to give him partial part of our life. But what happens throughout our life that we realize that, that I, I haven't given him everything. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, where... Where have I not given you part of my life? Where have I not trusted you in? Where have I not surrendered to that area of my life into your lordship? So what area is it? Maybe it may be your family. It may be your finances. It may be um, your relationships. It may be um, uh, your time. It may be your job. Whatever it is, we need to surrender it to him and say, God, I give it to you. I give you everything. So what do you want me to do? What does your word say I'm supposed to do in this, these areas? And follow him. Start to trust him. For, for, for years, one of the biggest strongholds in my life was I had a fear of the future. I had, I had a fear of the thing. And I still struggle with that today. I have to submit it almost every single day to the Lord. I had a fear then. That was a stronghold because I, I wanted security. And so what I was always brought up, I'm, I, I was brought up to get it done yourself in, you know, in the ways. My, my dad was very successful in business and even before he was saved. And, um, and you, know, you just get up and you do it. You, you, you put on your boots you, you get your, you know, and you go out and you do the work and you get it done. And so, so I would look at areas, even as a pastor, and look at areas that weren't getting done. And I, I'm going to go get it done myself instead of bringing it to the Lordship of Christ and getting his wisdom on it. And then, you know, what happens is if we take it on, under control, you know, there's a certain success that we can do. But there's also a lot of, lot of junk and a lot of pain that we can enter into also, right? And failure. How many's ever failed before because you, you did it yourself, right? And so, but if we give it to the Lordship of Christ, He leads and He guides us. And I've had to realize that God is my source in everything. And I have to submit that to the Lord. So what area in your life you're not fully surrendering to the Lordship of Christ? All of us in one way or another probably have something that we need to look at. And we need to do that. We need to pray. We need to ask the Lord. You know, this end of this year, there's only, you know, 15 or so, 14 more days of this year left. I want you to just begin to pray and ask the Lord, what, what do I need to surrender to you? January 7th, we start here 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's a time that is going to help you get that, that, that whatever it is under the Lordship of Christ. Because we want to come aligned with His Spirit. We want to come, come aligned with His will. What areas in my life that I'm not under your will? And we need to learn to give that to Him. Amen? 
Because we don't want to live a partial surrender life. But here's a life that Jesus wants us to live. is a fully surrendered life. It's not that kind of Sunday type of Christian, not that kind of when it's convenient, I run to God when I'm in trouble or I need something, but it's full on, holding nothing back. My life does not belong to me, but it belongs to Him. That's the type of commitment that God wants from every single one of us. And He wants us to have that with God. It's no matter what, when, when things go, go wrong or anything, I'm not running to Google to find out what I need to do. I'm going to find out from your word. I'm going to go to your word. That's the type of life that He wants us to live. Where we go before everything. We go before the Lord in prayer. We go before His Word and see what His Word says about that. I love the way Paul phrased Romans chapter 14, verse 7 and 8. Listen to what he says here. He says, For we do not live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor whom? It's to honor the Lord, the, the corrosive. The, the supreme in authority, the, the controller, Jesus is Lord here. We live to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to do what? It's to honor the Lord. And if we live or die, who do we belong to? Him, right? We belong to the Lord. And that, that's the key. Do you, is all of your life belonging to the Lord? Does He have ownership of everything? That's what He needs to have. You know, a lot of the troubles in your life, in my life, I can definitely see this, is the troubles in my life because I did not submit to the authority of Christ. If I would have just submitted to the authority, the rule, the control of Jesus, my life would have been, in those areas, been so much better. You know what? You and I do a great job of messing up our, own, our lives, don't we? Right? Every single one of us, we do that. But if we give it to the Lord... That's what he wants. Here's the deal. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he died for you. He offered the ability for you and I to have a free gift, and that is salvation. That's become sonship. Become a son, a daughter of God. And it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not by works so that any man could boast, right? It's the free gift of God given to you. Salvation costs you nothing, but it costs Jesus everything. So when you say yes to him... You don't own the rights to your life. I don't own the rights to my life. I don't have the ability any longer to do whatever I want. That's the way a fully surrendered life is. I have the ability to do everything that Christ wants me to do and says who I I can do and says who I am. Your life is no longer your own. Your life is no longer, you're no longer in control. And that is such a great thing. That I'm no longer in control of my life. Jesus is. Jesus is in control of my life. You've died. That's a good thing. You know what happens? It's called the great exchange. I give Jesus my life full of sin, messed up, not full of wisdom or anything. I give it to him and he exchanges it and gives me his. It's far greater, right? Amen? But you, you have to do that. You know, that's why I'm afraid of, of a lot of things in the Christian circles in America much today is because of the casual approach to Jesus. He's this eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus. He's my buddy. You know, he's my homeboy. No, Jesus isn't. 
He isn't the little Lord Jesus baby in a manger. He's, he's not even the Jesus that died on the cross any longer. He's no longer on the cross any longer. He, he, is, he is their soon returning king, man. He's the ruling, reigning, supreme in authority, coming back with a sword, with a name written on it, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he means business. That's our Jesus, amen? He's alive and well. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. All-loving God. Amen? He's the ruling, reigning king of the universe. And our lives, if you're a believer, it does not belong to us. It belongs to him. He's our king. And so there's so much to understand on that. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says this. When we trust in the Lord, with how much of our heart? Says, trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. That means to lean upon His understanding. That means to give Him control, give, look to His wisdom, not our wisdom, not the world's wisdom, not your friend's wisdom, but God's wisdom. He says, lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways. How much is all? All. Not partial, not part of it, not the part you want to do, but in all our ways acknowledge Him and He will make our path straight. That means He's going to make it easy. He's going to make it powerful. That He's going to provide. That He's going to do what He says He's going to do in His Word. That He is in control and He is leading you to the right place in our lives. Now the word acknowledge here is, is that the word acknowledge is the Hebrew word yada. And I, I don't really like it being translated knowledge as much because it really means to know. It's when Adam knew Eve. It's intimate. It's intimacy. And so, so in, in other words, we should translate this that, that to know God, to know Him, that we're to know Him and He will make our path straight. In all your ways, know the Lord. Knowing is so important. Here's the bottom line. And here's the reason so many of us do not surrender fully in some area to the Lordship of Christ is because we don't know Him in that area. We need to know Him. We need to know Him. To know Him is to love Him. To love Him is to trust Him. And to know Him, surrender everything to Him because He's the ever-present, all-knowing, all-powerful. He is good in every way, Savior Jesus. He's the Lord. To know Him is to really surrender to Him everything. That you get to know the Lord. Jesus says something very powerful in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, he says, speaking of, of after the life, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, remember Jesus, Lord, I've got the bumper sticker, I, made, I checked the box. Jesus, Lord. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only those who will do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons and perform miracles? See, if it was today, it would, it would, be, it, it would be like, Lord, Lord, you know, I, I went to church every, every now and then or every, even every Sunday. I, I, I gave money when, when I needed to, when I passed the red bell thing in the mall, you know, the red bucket thing. And I, I, I crossed, helped the old lady cross the street and everything. No, he says, Lord, he says, I never knew you. See, that's a very important part. It's powerful to understand that Jesus didn't come just for you to do things. Jesus came so you can have a relationship. With him. He is 
Emmanuel, God with us. The reason, not only that God sent Jesus to this earth so, so to die for our sins, but so we could know him, so we could see him, so we could have a relationship with him. God wants us to know him. Not just to do all these things. He wants us to really get into a place of knowing the Lord. You know how you can know the Lord? Spend time with Him. You know, it's really busy this time of year. I feel it. All of us feel it, right? Don't miss out on knowing the Lord. Because this is why the only way you will really surrender your life to Him is to know Him. When you know Him, you see how good He is. Right? You see how much you can trust Him and get with Him. And that you'll surrender everything. That's why, how many has ever thought, and you can just be honest, you don't have to raise your hand, but just, just ever thought when someone sold everything they had to go on the mission field. And how many thought in your mind, you don't have to raise your hand, but thought that was, that was stupid, that's crazy. There's this one guy who went on an island near India and got killed. How many of you guys remember that story? He, he, he was a missionary. A lot of people don't understand the whole... They, they, this world thinks, oh, that was crazy. You should have never done that. But, but you know, God, that's what God's called us to do, right? To go and reach people for Christ, right? Did, did you know that he spent years training for that mission? It wasn't that just some stupid kid just got on a boat and went over there and tried to tell him about Jesus. No, he went there and he was trained in doing that and he died. Did you know there's millions and millions of martyrs throughout the centuries? Right? How did they get to that part? How, how did the disciples decide every one of them but one died a martyr's death? How did they get to that point? They knew him. Now, I'm not saying if you get to know Jesus, he's going to send you to some remote place and you're going to die. Or you're going to do a martyr's death. But, but how do they get some of these people to do that? They sell everything and they go off to the mission field and they do all these things. Why do they do it? Because they know the Lord. And they trust him and they love him. And they know, know that they're sold out. And that's what God had for them to go. To go and do we need to get to know him because most of us god's not going to have us do all that most of your mission field is right where you're at it's with your family it's with your friends it's with your neighbors your co-workers some of you yeah you'll be called to go places but some of you are already you're called here how are you going to go to the, to the guy in the, ga, in, the, in the gas station and witness to him? How are you going to do that to a friend that's down the, down the road? Because you know him. How are you going to trust God with your money and give? Because you know him. Because he's good and he's faithful and his word is true. You see, it's all about coming to that place of spending time with the Lord and receiving and knowing him. So there's areas in your life that you may not know him in that area. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you have partial surrender. And then write it down. So, you know, God, I haven't given you. I don't trust you with my future. I don't trust you with my money. 
I don't trust you in my relationships. Whatever it is, write it down and say, God, help me trust you. Help me have faith in that area in you. And just pray and just start seeking the Lord and ask Him to give you scriptures on that. Where you'll, you'll study it and talk about it and, and speak it out and begin to trust. That's where faith is where the will of God is known, right? Where's the will of God? Is by the Holy Spirit in His Word. So when you find it in His Word, you can have faith for that. And you begin to speak it out over and over again and begin to learn to trust the Lord in those areas of your life. Trust the Lord in your kids. Maybe your kids are, are graduating or have graduated and you have adult kids and they're not doing everything right or, or what you think they should do, but you've got to give them to the Lord and trust Him. Pray over them and bless them and, and say, ask the Lord, Lord, help, help you, give you wisdom. So you give those things to the Lord by, by spending time in His Word and spending time in prayer and worship and you begin to learn that God can be trusted because guess what? You're going to start seeing that happen because there's benefits. He's going to lead you and guide you and as you begin to trust Him, you begin to step out in faith, sure, that you don't have it yet, you don't see it yet, you may not feel it completely yet, but you start stepping out in faith and in His Word and, and He shows up. That's the crazy thing, that God actually does what He says He's going to do. And you learn to trust Him because you begin to know Him. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads, close your eyes.